If you want to pump your body and expand your mind, there's only one place to go. Mind Pump. Mind Pump. With your hosts, Sal Stefano, Adam Schaefer, and Justin Andrews. We just finished recording a very good, deep episode. It starts off uh, funny like they normally do, but man, we got into some good, some uh, some really, really good topics, a little bit of debate. I think we were hitting the root of what motivates people, what gets people towards that fit, Hopefully you know, it struck healthy a chord. lifestyle. I, I know it struck a chord just sure talking did. about it with us uh, because we just, you know, we just finished recording it. But one of the things uh, that we like to provide, that Mind Pump provides, actually the only thing we provide is good quality information and direction. And the thing about fitness, especially when you're following a fitness program, is they're all based around beating the crap out of you, giving you lots of intensity, sweat, 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 but they're not based Punching on... Punching your insecurities. Yeah, they're not based on good fundamentals. You know, They're not training you the way a really good, responsible trainer would train you. And so we, we have lots of programs that we have available, but we just bundled all of our most valuable programs in something we call the Super Maps Bundle, and it will basically take you out for an entire year. So in other words... If you're real serious about fitness, you know whether whether your goals are cosmetic, you want to build muscle, you want to lose fat, or your goals are more health and longevity oriented, or you're really into fitness, or maybe you're a personal trainer and you and you really want to learn how to train your clients and program workouts effectively, um, our super bundle includes programming that will last you an entire year. Literally, you have uh, independent independent type of programming broken up into maps anabolic maps performance maps aesthetic maps uh, anywhere we have maps prime in there which teaches you how to prime your workouts and finish your workouts so you can really d- direct the adaptation you're looking for but within each program they're phased so you know maps anabolic for example you have three phases that you go through uh, maps aesthetic three phases maps performance four phases in other words your workouts throughout the entire year are going to change as well as your body, as well as your performance, your fat loss, your muscle gain. It's the most complete system that you'll ever find anywhere. Um, and it's uh, discounted tremendously. We took all of these programs, added up the total cost of them, cut them way down 30-something percent. And what we're doing, because we have a lot of new listeners coming on, it's January, is we've included our nutrition guide and our fasting guide for free. For free. So that way you get good basic nutrition guidance. And you also, if you want to utilize fasting, right now lots of people are talking about how great fasting is for health. And it is. It's one of the one of the biggest nutrition breakthroughs uh, that we've had in the last five years. Um, we teach you the six ways that we would recommend people fast. Those are included for free. It's the Super Maps Bundle. Plus you get an option to get the, the forum, the private forum for 50% off where you have uh, access to Sal, Justin, and I. And a ton of other brilliant minds on there from doctors, physical therapists, chiros, nurses. Trainers are just regular members. Yes. Uh, and it's a great support system because we know what keeps people working out, uh, what keeps people in that lifestyle, a big motivating factor is that support system and the forum provides it's the community. it. It's incredible. Uh, you can find all of this at uh, mindpumpmedia.com. Do you guys know what the difference between a garbanzo bean and a chickpea is? Uh, you told me this yesterday. I'm not going to ruin it for you. No, Adam, you I, say. I don't know. Tell, Tell me. me. You, you've never had a garbanzo bean on your face? What? <laughs> what did you just say? The difference between Chick, a garbanzo chickpea bean versus and a chickpea. A garbanzo bean. You get it? No, I don't. You've never had uh, a garbanzo bean on your face. So that so means what's you've the had opposite? a chickpea on your face? Uh, I've you never, forget it, Adam. He ruined your joke. <laughs> yeah, God damn it, Adam. It was a good joke, Sal. It, it, was. it wasn't. It was yeah. the delivery was terrible. It was, no, I it was know. really good because everybody else got that fucking joke right away. <laughs> yeah, <no>. Except for... <laughs> I still don't get it. Oh, no. Come on, bro. Adam. Yeah. Bro, 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 bro. I've never had a garbanzo bean on my face. Now replace garbanzo bean with chickpea and say it to yourself. I've never had a... I've never had a chickpea on my face. <laughs> I, under, I hear chickpeeing on my face. I get that. What's the garbanzo? I don't understand the garbanzo oh, bean the part. Because it's just they're both they're, they're both, both beans, actual beans. Oh, okay. That's you, why that's why it's a stupid joke. Because I get the chick on the pea. That that makes sense. But the garbanzo. You don't know what a, do you know what a chickpea is? Why did you use garbanzo bean? Because they're both this, they're both. I think they're the same bean. It's kind of a same class. Yeah. Do you know what a chickpea is? You know what that bean is. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah. Oh, oh, God, forget dude. it. This, this, yeah. 
This is where comedy that's goes a, wrong. That's, yeah, that's an awful joke. Wow. That's the, the, dude. That's like the thing you tell your friend it's when you're, so like not in, awful. In, you're in third grade. It's so that's not like awful. When you're third grade. You only joke. say it's awful because you just you didn't get it. <laughs> well, you, I got the chick pee on my right face. Now, I got that part of it, but the, I don't understand why you would put it with garbanzo beans. Because they're both beans. It just worked. It was like a magical thing. No, it would work if they both had a word play, but only one of them has a word play. It is a word play joke. It's chickpea. It's okay. It worked. It's 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 good. It's God, definitely, good yeah, definitely yeah. third grade humor for sure. <laughs> no, I hope third, not. Definitely third grade. I humor. hope not. What do you mean you hope not? That is totally I hope a third grader is not like, hey, it's Ooh, a chickpea on my face. Chickpea on my yeah. face. <laughs> I learned a, it from watching you, Dad. Yeah, that's yeah. exactly the shit you talk about in third and fourth grade when you don't I even saw know, that on a video. When you when you hear something <laughs> that is silly and off the wall like that, that's totally inappropriate, but you it doesn't makes no sense. You just be telling your friends when you're a little kid. It actually yeah. makes a lot. I got I got I remember I got in school suspension because i was swearing we were all playing baseball wiffle ball baseball right by the principal's office and the door or the window was open and what did you say i i must have put 15 different cuss words all they made no sense (laughs) but i had heard them all yeah it was totally (laughs) we were playing baseball and poopy shit fuck that don't i don't you guys don't remember that age when you started to learn those words and then you didn't even you didn't even use you just said them all the time Yeah, you just said them all the time because you thought you were cool because you learned a new word yeah it was bad it was a bad word you talked to your friends like hey john pass me the fuck yes yeah (laughs) pass me the hey shit face yeah. Pass me the fucking fuck, yeah. man. Everything was face. You that had to like te- add a face. That Ass teacher face. came storming out. I was I was up to bat and I was cussing because I missed the ball. And she came up, grabbed me on my elbow so hard. I'll never forget that. Squeezed the shit out of my elbow and just yanked me. Oh my god! You're coming to the office with me, little man. That rem- she, this reminds me of a horrible story. For- took me took me to the office, sat me down, called my parents. My mom came down, sitting in the office. I'm crying. I'm in trouble. I'm in the office all day long in school suspension. And the principal uh, is, you know, you were tell- crying. T- yeah, it was. God damn, that breaks oh, my heart for oh some my, reason. Oh my goodness, well, third grade man, that fucking scary. bitch made you cry. That's a scary. She grabbed me hard on the elbow. <laughs> I hope you're listening, scary, you bitch. Scary place. How dare you make him cry? Yeah, I don't even remember her <laughs> Poor name. Kid. But uh, my mom was just like, "Where did you learn this language?" And yeah. I looked back at her in front of the principal. I said, "From you, mom." Oh! Uh, <laughs> at that moment, like things just got quiet, and my mom's like, "Okay, I'll take this from here." <laughs> my son's coming home. With that me just today. added another element of beatdown. Oh yeah, that just home. added more more days of grounding to my ass for sure. Mm. Would you? You had a story, Justin. You said that reminded yeah, you. Yeah, I don't know if I want to tell it now. I think you. Sh- <laughs> well, I think you it, should. Is it, is it's it a, a Garbanzo story. I just, no, I thought about it. I was like, I might feel bad about this. <laughs> Did you do something horrible again, Justin? Well, it was. I was like sixth grade, dude, and and my teacher was like. I mean, she was a nice lady and everything, but I I was all into just trying to make everybody laugh and stuff. And I, I would like write to hide the tears inside because I was dying inside. So I, no, <laughs> no I'm just kidding. Yeah. That so <laughs> she, oh my God, this is so bad. She like, um, okay. She like, she wasn't able to have kids and stuff. Oh <laughs> no. <laughs> and like, did you hit her where it hurt? Dude, no, I wasn't like one of my friends. Like we were like making. You have poems. a barren womb. I was like, yeah, I was like writing a poem about like her husband like shooting blanks. Oh my god! <laughs> and, what? Yeah. How dude. old are you? I was in sixth grade. Oh my god! And I thought it was the funniest thing ever. And like everybody's like laughing. And, you like, read it in class? No, no. Of oh, you just not. passed of it around? Not. Yeah. And then she, she just passed it around. She went to find it and like like grabbed it and like started to read it. And oh like, my god! Didn't, didn't get all the way through it. I grabbed it. I and I put it in my mouth. I start eating it. <laughs> I was so fucking mortified. Wait, she read enough to like see like what does the semen and this? like I don't even remember how it went. But wait, it was, you like, you terrible. literally ripped it out of her hand and ate it? Yeah, I ripped it out of her hand. I put it in my mouth. I start chewing it really fast. And she's like, wait, 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 wait. Like it's like trying to stop. And I I ate it. Did and we went outside, we had a talk, and she's like, I'm going to have to call your parents. Did you swallow it? Yeah, fuck yeah, I swallowed Whoa. that thing, dude. <laughs> Hold on a second. I, was, I could not let that out. Hold on a second, you chewed it and then swallowed it? Dude, yes. I, I'm in, That's the best thing I've ever heard of my life, I'm dude. extremely impressed. Really? Did she I'm try extre- to pull it out of your mouth? That was like a reaction, though. Yeah, it was a brilliant one. Though. Actually. In sixth grade, of all the things you were going to do, if a teacher tried to take a piece of paper that it's you fucking wrote- fucking brilliant. Yeah, to put it. it in your mouth and start chewing it, it up. It has to be top three. Weird. Holy. I didn't even think about that. I just reacted. I was like, ah! I was in a state of panic. And you just started eating it? Yeah, I ate it. 
the whole did thing. Did she try to pull it out or stop you? Yeah, she did. She kind of reached for me and was like, no. Like, and you're like running it. around like, no, no, that's no, evidence. No, 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 no. You know what I mean? Like, I, all I thought was my parents are going to read this. I'm going to be like grounded for my life. You never ate something so fast. Oh, dude, no. It reminds me, like, it's like the time I got caught. I think I told you guys this once. I got caught watching. I was with my cousins and we were watching porn on VHS. Uh, and the, you remember the VHS fucking oh, you, your mom came home stupid VCRs you know you hit eject and the thing takes a fucking half hour to come you, out of the machine if you hit it too fast it comes out goes back in yeah so she's walking <laughs> I hear the door open so I'm like oh no I hit eject and it's like <laughs> by the time it comes out she's standing at the door watching us <laughs> And we're all sitting around, you know, a bunch of fucking fourteen-year-old boys, you know, around She's the TV. Guilty as fuck with yeah, like I know what you guys are doing. Bunch of boners. She's like, "What are you watching?" <laughs> she goes, "What are you watching?" What so- are all you boners doing right now? <laughs> Dude, <laughs> I grab the video and I'm holding it in my hand. She's like, "Give me that video," and she like takes it out of my hand. And the title of it was, I think the title of it was "Blondes Have More Come" or something like that. It was, really, <laughs> it was a horrible. <laughs> you know, instead of blondes have more fun. Yeah. It was a horrible it's good play on words. And it was it was it was the kind a of much video better play on words. It yeah. was the kind of video that uh it, let's just say that it was just it, there was no um like no build up. It was just yeah. scenes. Wow, you were into the filthy stuff wow, even right, right away. No, that explains a lot. Yeah, yeah. 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 Well you guys know me. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> where do you go from there? Yeah, <laughs> you know what I mean? So I fucking a slow So I ripped it us. out of her hand and I just I don't I in VC, okay, if you if you're listening and you're, you know, younger than us, you've probably never held a VHS cassette in your hand. Right? <laughs> explain, they don't make what that look, explain what that looks like. <laughs> but Dude, that's such a weird point you just it's made. It's true. Right like there. they've yeah. never h- held one, right? But uh, if you hold one in your hand, it's a it's like a hard like plastic thing. It's not like flimsy it's like, like a little mini brick. Yeah, like it's yeah. it's it's not heavy or anything, but it's it's pretty protected. They're meant to last. <laughs> I'm that, I'm like 13 that we feel a need to describe it. Bro, I'm th- I'm like 13 or 14 no, years old, a, right? I grabbed it out of her hand. I'm only 14-year-old kid and I fucking pulverized it with my fingers like <laughs> <laughs> like the I like the strength of fucking Samson came at, you know, oh, among yeah. me. I was like, "Jesus, yeah. I summon the strength." Like just <laughs> wow. Pulverized it. You're not even a believer. So, so she couldn't so she <laughs> couldn't see what was she was threatening to put it in the, VH, the the VCR to watch it. Yeah, could you imagine that with your mom hit play and it's oh. a, it's just a bunch of <laughs> oh god, bunch of crazy Can porn. I, I remember, my so mom, I just pulverized that I shit. I had a nightmare about that. because you because just like you 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 what ends up happening is you 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 uh, panic. Yeah, and you 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 just you become super powerful. Yeah, whatever whatever happens, you get so scared. Yeah. That you end up just, I summoned all the strength, or like Justin just ate a piece of paper and swallowed it. <laughs> like, that's just what happens. See, that isn't, it's fight know. or flight. It's so funny, you guys. Like, I, I didn't even think that was like something like unique, you know? Just, sure. So, to eat paper? Uh, yeah, I was just like, <laughs> I had to do it. Like, I had to do what I had to do. And I don't think anybody else in this room has eaten a full really? binder sheet of paper and no, swallowed it. I haven't yet. Never but in I, my life. But I do commend you for that because I think that was Weird. A, a brilliant move at that time. You do know that Wait, binder you- paper ink is a very, very uh, dangerous. Carcinogen. Oh, also, no, I'm also, just I'm just this, this also a explains. Okay, I'm just kidding with you. This also explains. I'm just, like, <laughs> I'm just trying to scare my, my memory loss. <laughs> Yeah. No, I think it's. I would have never thought to do. That. I mean, go back, think about that that situation. How many options? <laughs> Grabs the paper, shoves it up his ass. <laughs> yeah, right. you've only got it. You're you've, not getting this. Like, I'm yeah. not touching it. You've now. only got a handful yeah. of options, and that was probably one. Yeah, because the was, other option is the keister. It. It's going in. It's going in one hole. You yeah. Know? <laughs> yeah. Not, my, my mind never goes there. So, <laughs> you know. Yeah. That, that age, that I'm sure you're not running around with a lighter either. So you're gonna be able to light it on fire right away. Could you just maybe I'll shove this up my ass? Imagine doing that. I never get that as an adult. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like the cops, like, "Hey, are you on your cell phone?" You're like, "No, no." Cause you just eat it. Fucking swallow your cell phone. Oh, dude, yeah. Dum, 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 dum. What cell phone? I mean, that would, that would take a lot more effort. Though. I think the cop would probably be more impressed than anything. He'd be like, "I'm not giving you a ticket." Cause he's like, "Whoa, dude, you just got cancer." I just wanted to give you a warning. <laughs> yes, exactly. you, know, you, you made a really yeah. rash decision yeah. there. You just you yeah. just ate an electronic. I was just gonna. Uh, like, you deserve to get away. So like, listen, people are gonna track you forever yeah. I'll, I'll yeah. find my phone find my phone yeah i'll just oh there's you, george i'm just gonna give you a warning yeah he's yeah. just gonna tell you your blinker was yeah. out too though google maps you know he keeps showing up yeah he's just walking around see that could backfire with drugs you know yeah. you don't want to do that shit that would be horrible oh shit it's the cops eat all the oh acid my God, eat it. oh fuck oh. i just say 10 hits of acid <laughs> that actually, I mean, i'm actually the seventh dimension i'm almost sure that's happened for sure where somebody's been traveling yeah. with drugs and i know people. someone that that happened yeah i was gonna say I'm i know someone pretty sure that's no way Yes, a friend of mine. So she was telling me the story. Oh my god, dude! I would love for her to come on the show because she's got the best 
stories ever. Like she's lived a, a, a pretty interesting life. And she was with a guy who was like this big acid dealer, apparently. And I'm not going to go into more, any more detail because for obvious reasons. This is back in the day, though. <laughs> yeah, don't and so what, what they did names. is they carried acid in liquid form. And it was very, very concentrated. So like this little tiny, do you know those breath, remember those breath mints back in the day? They were like in a, in a bottle, they were liquid and you do a couple drops on your tongue and they're really powerful. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So they'd empty, this is how they would, they would hide them. They'd empty, and these were small bottles. They're very, very small. I remember those. Yeah. I mean, you can only fit, I don't know how much liquid, I don't know anything it's about It's not volume. even one ounce. It's, it was, it's, it's like it's a, a tiny amount. It's a tenth of an ounce. Yeah. It's a, it's a tiny amount, but yeah. you, but they emptied them of the, the breath, you know, uh, boosting, whatever, with the minty stuff that was in there and they'd fill it up with liquid acid in that bottle is equivalent. She said was equivalent to something like 500 hits of acid. Right. Oh and you could God. make, because it was diluted and diluted, but then there was 500 hits of acid inside this little bottle and then they'd make their whatever. So they have it in their backpack. They're walking. They get cop stops them, searches, starts searching their bags, and in their bag they had a bunch of pot. So now the cops like, well, I'm gonna take this and confiscate it, right? So in and so he's like, empty your pockets. So she goes to empty her pockets, and she's got this little bottle, and he oh goes, God. and he goes, what is that? And she goes, oh, it's breath mints. She opens the cap, and she fucking just just squirts the whole fucking thing no. in her mouth. Yeah, what? Takes the whole thing because she doesn't want to get caught, and then the co- and the, the cop sees it, and he's like, oh, it's obviously. Just breath mints. Oh, <laughs> it's obvious. Obviously, yeah, it's, ob- it's obviously. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so Wait five minutes. Yeah, dude. She yeah. she said she she said she was she didn't she was like no totally in another world for like ten days or something crazy like that. <laughs> ten days. Yeah. Ten, ten, ten days. No, literally. She's like she's like ever. I think she's like I think five days later I started realizing that I was a human being, and yeah, and like people fed her and took care because you're not getting you know certain drugs don't have have a high dude. toxicity level. And, yeah, and that's one of them. But yeah, interesting story. Oh my god! So that's, that's I'm like, surprised you came back from that. Well, that's the, that's the equivalent like, of, of of Justin's eat paper eating the paper. Well, I feel yeah. like this is a she perfect totally one up me on that a one. Perfect transition into the TED talk that we just watched about addiction and drugs. You know what's oh. funny? Super so, super great fascinating. Segue. So before we do that, um, uh, we I watched that this morning. One of our forum members posted it. I love our forum, by the yeah. way. Oh, that came from the forum. That yeah, was the they're forum. contributing uh, awesome stuff lately. Dude, I, I am. We're gonna have to shut that down. They're getting smarter than yeah. we are. No, no, no. The, we're gonna the, have to shut this thing down. These days, I hey, pro- we're open source, buddy. The, the, <laughs> these days, I I probably learn as much, if not more, from oh, our forum than I do from my own, like you know, uh, fanatical reading or whatever. Because they, we've got some smart people on that post all kinds of interesting things. And one of our forum members posted that video. And it was like perfect timing because I had just that earlier that day, you know, we were in here working and we had that break or whatever. And I decided to do a workout uh, in our facility. So I'm working out in here doing, you know, my lifting and stuff. And then, uh, you know, I got real hot. So I took my shirt off. It's our gym. So I could do that. Wait, is this the start of a porn? It is. Uh, And no. Um, So then I go in the bathroom over here, uh, you know, that's in in the hallway, you know, the one that's next to the phantom shitter. Mm. And, um... I rarely, I realized something. I rarely, I used to back in the, not even back in the day, maybe a couple of years ago, a year and a half ago, two years ago, just as soon as that, uh, as recent as that, I would check myself out in the mirror every single day to, to, to monitor my aesthetics, how I looked, how my muscles looked, how lean I was. Like it was, it's just something that I've done daily and paid attention to daily since I started lifting weights. And I haven't really done that in a quite a while. It's been probably a year at least where I really don't even pay attention anymore. I don't. I don't look. I don't flex. I don't. Don't really care. Can't think of the last time I actually flexed in front of the mirror. So yeah, I'm in the. I look in front of the mirror and I have my shirt off, and um, I'm like, oh shit, let me, I, I'm gonna flex. He's like, wow, I look good. <laughs> yeah. I'm gonna like, flex. Wait, who is that? Jesus yeah. Christ? You're handsome. Yeah. Shit. Yeah. Like, it's it's about f- to. It's about uh, to go uh, down. The pants are coming off. I would fuck that. Yeah. Zing. So so I uh, so I flexed a little bit, and it really dawned on me. <laughs> flexed a little bit. Yeah. yeah. No, you, no, you didn't. You flexed fucking a lot. No, 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 no. <laughs> no, no. It was a little bit. It was like a like a kind of flex. It was a little bit. I was like, wow. How many mirrors are we? So I took about a couple. I took a couple pictures, and uh, I really I started to realize like, oh my god, I haven't paid attention to aesthetics. Like I pay attention to how I look because I look at things like my skin, my hair, you know, if I have dark circles, the color of my, you know, my skin tone. Mm. But I haven't paid attention to like my aesthetics in quite a while. And it's because my 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 motivation and my focus is so much on health now. 
So what I was when I was when I'm getting at was paying attention this yesterday I realized holy shit like I'm 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 at the leanness and I look the way I looked when it was a priority to look that way. It's not a priority right now at all. It's not even in my top 5, but it always was number 1 and when I was in that state of mind of always paying attention to my aesthetics, always trying to be be lean, always trying to look a certain way, it was a it, in comparison it was a fucking nightmare. Now I I was okay with it because I'm such a disciplined individual but what it did was it created this scenario where i had to constantly think about being lean i had to constantly monitor my food it involved lots of restriction it involved doing cardio and then when i would go off i'd go off i'd just go off right because Mm. you can't go off uh unless you're so on does that make sense it's a state of mind whereas now there is no going off because i'm not on anything i'm just in this kind of natural state of focusing on my health and feeling good and it was it really dawned on me how being lean and looking a certain way now is completely by accident. It's this wonderful side effect, and it's something that doesn't even really register in my mind at all, uh, especially in comparison to how it used to be before. <clears throat> then I go on the forum later that day, and I see this video on drug addiction. And a couple of the takeaways uh, in drug addiction, and I promise you there's a connection here, Drug addiction is a great thing to look at when you're trying to understand addiction, uh, just addictive behaviors. Now, the most addictive substance or, the, or the, the substance that people are most addicted to in the modern world is not an illegal drug. It's not, a le- it's not even a legal drug that we classify a drug. It's food. So you can apply the same principles. And what this researcher discussed on this was how our uh, understanding of addiction is completely backwards. For the last hundred years... We've treated addiction as a particular way and we've punished people for it and we've thrown them in jail and we've tried to shun them and make them feel horrible about what they're doing and we lock them up in a rehab lock center. them up and we've and we've we've made it a hundred percent about um, your own uh, what's the word your own well, we've made it into isolating them from the drug and isolating them from the real world we've because- blamed it on the drug and we've also made it uh, some about their own uh, commitment level like they have lack of self discipline like you can't yeah. just discipline yourself right. And th- this is based on early studies done with drugs in which, and this is a beautiful, this is just a wonderful example of how backwards our understanding is of addiction and how we treat people who are addicted with food and how we view it and how the fitness industry treats food addiction. In that, in the early studies, they would take a rat, they'd give them two water bottles. One water bottle had just water. The other, the other water bottle was cocaine or heroin or whatever, you know, drug. And they left the rat in the cage. And inevitably- Let's call it fun water. Yeah. In, inevitably, the rat would use the drug water over and over and over and over again until it overdosed and died and became you know became addicted and died. And so they said, oh, there it is. That's addiction. The addiction is because the drug or substance creates these feel-good chemicals. The body you know becomes chemically dependent, and you've got this out of control you know addictive uh, addiction that happens. Well, another scientist came forward and said, well, fuck, you're putting this rat in a cage, like isolated. You know, why don't we try to put it in a situation where it's got everything it wants, um, you know, put it in, you know, rat heaven where it's got lots of other rats. It's got lots of available food. It's got lots of things to do. It's a big open space with, you know, where it feels more natural with its habitat and then give it the option to have either the drug water or the regular water. And when they do these tests now in that scenario with that particular uh, with those, uh, you know, guidelines or whatever, the rats almost never become addicted to the drug. They mm-hmm. almost never become addicted to the water with the drugs or overdose on it. It's a completely different result. And it made me realize how in the past, I was so hardcore disciplined and, and, and you know focused so much on aesthetics and would shame myself for eating poorly or would always look, the, look in the mirror and say to myself, okay, I'm lean, I have to stay lean. And then if I went off, I went way the fuck off. It was much more like an addictive cycle versus now where I focus on health. I have a different connection to my body and food and I'm more present in my life with the people around me, with the work that I do to yeah, where it the do- bonds doesn't become, on top a, of that. doesn't yeah. become an issue. You, you do have a different environment now too. I, ha- I do. So. I've gone through some major life changes and I realized that, uh, my God, you know, we have been treating how to eat right so fucking wrong. Mm-hmm. We tell people they don't have self-discipline. We tell people, 
you just you know you you need to eat a you know yeah, just we're a, hyping all the negatives. Yeah, don't be fat. Don't look fat. Don't you know it doesn't look good and you you have no self discipline and all you got to just eat this and even though it tastes horrible and you just got to do it and grind this and grind that. Mm-hmm. No wonder we're failing. Oh, we're it's brilliant marketing. Yeah, we're marketing right to people's insecurities. Yeah. You know, we know that those are hot buttons. It's just like when uh, two people get in an argument or a fight. I mean, you, uh, especially someone that you've known for a long time, you know what gets them riled up. You know what pisses them off. And sometimes you don't even have to yell or say something really hurtful. It's just that little thing that sets them off. And, you know, the industry has learned to market to people that way. We know that people don't like the way they look in the mirror. People know, we know that people don't like the way they feel. We know that others mock and make fun of them because of the way they look we know that they're they're weak because they, they don't ever work out or exercise we know all these things and so instead of us trying to support and help and guide we actually we flip that on its head and we 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 poke at it you know by by mm-hmm. marketing to that and we disguise it in this like inspirational way that's the shit that makes me want to vomit you know yeah. like that that's what I, I I think bothers me the most is you've got all of these people that you know oh, all I want to do is inspire people I just want to inspire people and it's <laughs> Such like a narcissistic oh, bullshit yeah get the fuck out of here yeah. you don't even know you don't even realize what you're really doing and that's you know I don't remember what was it that it was about a year ago when we were talking about you know people that do that where you know you show up you when you show your Instagram page and it's flooded full of all your cheat days and stuff and it's like dude if you knew anything about the real addiction that people are dealing with with food, you would never do that. That is the, and then to turn around and do a post after that about how you're trying to inspire people and you just want to inspire yeah. people, like, yeah. get the fuck out of here. You're eating donuts and getting fat. Like, I'm totally not. Boom. It's, it's like these, like we're talking about with the drug addiction. It's like being around a house full of, you know, alcoholics and, and pounding pound in beer and then showing them the next day, like, look how good and normal I am, but you guys are all fucked up. You know, it's like, what are you doing, dude? Like, there's nothing <clears throat> inspiring about well, you, that. You know, what's funny is that I, um, so it, we've run gyms. We've all been in gyms for a, a good chunk of our lives, if not most of our lives. I know for me, I've been in, I've been in gyms more than I've not been in gyms. My, so I, I, you can basically say that I've lived in them for most of my life. And when you've been in an environment that long, you 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 start to make observations and you start to really understand the environment. This is true for any environment that you're in. And one thing that I really, you know, that that really stuck out to me is, you know, when I owned my wellness facility, you know, I had a gym in there too, right? And I was able to create kind of this uh, microchasm uh, of of an example of what I'm talking about. And let me explain what I mean. When people came into my facility. The focus was, uh, especially after the first year or so, was not about um, we're going to hammer you to get in shape, or it's all about getting you know losing weight, or you know grind, grind, grind. It's all about hardcore discipline. I I tried to create an environment where people felt very, very welcome, where people looked forward looked forward to coming in and making bonds with other people, where all of the members would come in. And they would see each other, and they become friends and have conversations. I mean, you, you know, you got to keep in mind. I had a facility where all the trainers that came in were their own business owners. I was, you know, I had a facility, and they'd pay me a fee to train their clients, much much like a hair salon does, or I know other small studios do the same. Mm-hmm. And in these types of facilities, if you've ever worked in them before, you know how it can become a very like my thing, your thing type of thing. Like you walk into the gym that you rent. And you train your clients and you're in your own little bubble and you got trainers over there in their little little bubble and everybody does their thing. I tried to make it very inclusive. I didn't force anybody. It's just when people walked in, if a trainer walked in with their client and remember the trainer's paying me rent, but they're basically renting the space and they have their own business. I made sure to talk to their client. I made sure mm-hmm. to include the trainer in a conversation I was having with my client. I made sure to ask these people how everything was going to you know, just to be that other, you know, create that other bond. And this created an environment where people would come in and they all felt like they were a part of something bigger. It was this very non-judgmental kind of environment. The result was a retention rate that was that's mind blowing. If you if you were actually to analyze if you were to actually analyze the retention rate that we had in my facility, it wasn't a big facility, the average person did not leave. In other words, people would come and I would say the people who first started coming 
I very very few of them stopped. So you had a gym full of people who'd been coming there consistently week in week out for ten years, mm-hmm. and you, you know it wasn't because of the hardcore results and the hardcore workouts. It was the bonds and it was the mm-hmm. environment that it created where people came in. And that was their motivation. Their motivation wasn't, I'm going to get in and get in shape because that motivation yeah. doesn't last very long. They knew who was going to be there. Yeah. I was like, oh my God, I'm going to go in there and make all these connections and have a great time. And it created in these people this incredible relationship to exercise, mm-hmm. which then bled into other things, including food. And we had tremendous long-term success. If you looked at our short-term success, it was nothing nothing to write home about. Like I didn't have crazy 30-day you know, transformations or anything like that. But we had amazing before and afters that were, you know, five years long or 10 years long. And what I mean, and and I mean, in all areas, I mean, I had kids that would come in who were, you know, you know, uh, special needs who would come in, you you know, because like extreme ADHD or even, you know, uh, like Asperger's autism or whatever. And you'd see them over the course of the years, do better in school. Like mm-hmm. it, it started to bleed into uh, everything else that they were doing. Now, now that all being said, and uh, even though you had a successful business, why do you think that didn't grow into be this huge monster of a business? I think. Uh, you think people weren't ready for that? No, I think from a business standpoint, uh, that's bi- that's that was more of a business. It wasn't because I didn't create because the facility itself wasn't this amazing place. Now, if I look back, there's lots of things I can look at and say. You know, I could have done this, that, you know, this, that, and the other. Well, what are those? Let's talk about that. I'm really interested in the the business side of that. Ex- I mean, oh, that's had, there's, we have a lot of listeners that are trainers, entrepreneurs. Um, I think, uh, well, I think the wellness facility that you built was uh, amazing as far as the the culture that you built inside of it. What were some of the challenges with? Obviously, you're not doing it anymore, so obviously, it wasn't this. It wasn't bigger than Mind Pump. It wasn't ginormous. You got rid of it, so. What are the things looking back now that you think that uh, you would have done differently or you think you that just didn't match with the market needs? Well, or? here's the thing. I don't know. Uh, two things. Number one, uh, the way I look at business now is I don't look at one specific business and say, oh, now I'm doing something different. Uh, therefore, that one thing, that that business that I did before didn't succeed and this one is. Of course not. Because Mind Pump for me is 100% extension yeah. of that facility. My entire philosophy, my entire approach now towards health and fitness and the way I talk on the podcast and the things I try to convey are directly, not just not just a little bit, but 100% uh, a result of that, uh, of, that experience. Of, of course. I think we should, that was a bad on my part to even compare to Mind Pump because Mind Pump is what it is because of all of our previous journeys. I, so I, I, but it, why, why do you, why do you, what do you think about that? And what do you, what, what looking I at? didn't want to, I did not want to grow that in that, uh, in that way. It was not a priority of mine to take what I had created there and grow it into a large organization that way. Actually, Why though? What did you not like about it? Because, what, what, what made you decide you didn't want to do that? Not in that way. What I wanted to do, what was really my dream, which is still a dream of mine, is to take what I had created there and turn it into a large nonprofit because, and I'll tell you why, the people that I want to, that I think need that the most, two things. Number one, the people I can communicate that to, um, I can communicate it far more effectively through uh, the internet and through podcasting and through YouTube and those kinds of things. So that's number one. I knew I wouldn't be able to reach all the people that I could reach that I wanted to reach through that through through there. I knew it was school for me. But why, at what point did you figure that out though? You're going because you obviously didn't oh, start. About, you have a ceiling. No, in, nobody in starts a that. Place. You don't start that business going like, hey, I'm going to do this for a few I years knew, and then realize that it's not going to go to. Where I, I knew be. it. I knew it. Uh, probably let's see. Probably three years before. I sold, uh, I sold it and left. About three years before, I knew that, and it's funny because when I was in there, I loved it. I loved what I did, but I could never see growing it in that way. The only way I could see growing it would be, again, as a nonprofit. Because if I'm going to touch people personally, I wanted to do it. I wanted to reach out to the people that needed it, that really needed it the most. And some of my ideas were to, you know, you know, this non-judgmental kind of open facility where. People come in who've been, and you know, again, I have a very close, uh, you know, personal relationship to people who have been afflicted with cancer and had to go. You know, and I had a very close family member who, you know, was stricken with it and who, you know, had to fight it and then, you know, ended up not making it. But 
uh, I learned quite a bit through that process. And I thought, God, if I could, op- if I could have a facility with people who, you know, fighting cancer, people who are can't afford uh, doing anything, who are sick, who whatever, that would be great. And that was my nonprofit. But to continue in that well, in that realm, where I'm reaching just the average person, I knew three years before I sold it, it was going to happen through the internet, and I had no interest in growing br- uh, brick and mortar. And it was right around that point that me and Doug were talking about, you know, all these different things and maps and all these different, you know. Uh, well, share with the audience some of the, the limiting factors of having a brick and mortar. I think it, why what I keep trying to get you to say and talk about more is that I feel like we get a lot of people that mm-hmm. uh, try and emulate kind of what, what we're doing or kind of get that message out. And a lot of them, especially now that they see we have a facility, so a lot of them go like, oh, I can't wait to open my own gym. And they want to open their own gym. And they have these yeah. huge aspirations to to change the industry too. And they want to do it. And they want they go out and buy a gym. And, and they want to make money doing that. Exactly. Because yeah. let's be honest, like, you know, as, as beautiful as your nonprofit sounds, I mean, I think you'd be lying to yourself to say that you weren't in it to make fucking money too, right? No, like, I, I, the, the, non, the, if I, the nonprofit would, I mean, I want to be able to do it because I'm in a situation where I don't have to make any money. I could just really pour yeah. myself. That's why money. I don't even like us talking about nonprofit yeah. right now because we're not there yet so no it's no, like, no, what, no what part of what part that's of something that? that i want to do later on but what but here's the thing uh you have to look at yourself and find what 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 your passion where you feel you can use what you love and uh, you know what moves you and what utilizes your talents the best for me it's not in a growing a brick and mortar business it is in which is crazy because anybody that knows you knows that you're an amazing. I've never heard anybody who's trained with you that didn't say that you changed their lives that still don't stay in contact with you. So if I was an outsider looking in, I would think, you know, Sal would murder a brick and mortar place and it would be an awesome place to do to do business and to grow. But no, I just don't I don't want to. I don't want to do it that way. I don't have the inspiration to mm. explode and grow it that way for for lots of different reasons, uh, there's a lot of things that I hate doing that I really you'd have to really get good at in order to do those types of things. A yeah, lot of it has share to those. Do with, what are those? Oh, like organization and you know the business side of things and you know, uh, you know maneuvering the tax you know code and doing all these different like the shit that I would put off the last minute because I couldn't stand. What I loved was talking to people, sharing my ideas. I like training people too, but really I like talking to them even more. I like having these deep discussions with people and talking about these different things and connecting with people the most. And so getting on a podcast or a video or, you know, just through internet for me, I, you know, uh, maybe it's selfish, but I love doing that the most. And, uh, I think you're better, you're better, you're, you're going to do better things, greater things if you follow what you enjoy doing, cause you're going to do them better. Well, you're just responsive, right. To, to other ideas as they came across like, Oh, okay. Like, so if you, you connect with Doug and he, he has this idea, you know, for a program and likes, you know, your charisma and whatnot. And then you start thinking about that, you know, how can I affect people, you know, in that fashion? And you, yeah, I could see how this could all formulate, like, as far as like taking you away from the brick and mortar. Cause it's like for us and for me, it's the very same thing. It's like, you know, I, I just look at it as limiting and, and you see like a, a great culture you can create, uh, you know, from a physical place and, and see, see how that kind of uh, blossoms. And, and now it's like, okay, now how can I, how can I scale this? How can I make it bigger? And then, or how can I affect more people? And, and the easiest way to do that is to, to be able to reach more people. And the only way you can reach more people is to get on the internet mm-hmm. and to then spread that part of it. And so I feel like this is just a natural progression of what you see, you know, physically within people and like how, what, what, how you can affect, uh, you know, certain groups of people and how to get them to bond together. Well, one of the things that I really understand now on a whole different level is that we like to talk crap about the fitness industry and what it does and all these different, th- you know, all the way, the way that markets to people and the bullshit that they sell and, you know, how they prey on your insecurities and stuff like that. But the truth, the, the, the real root, the real uh, driving force behind the fitness industry is the consumer, okay? And what I mean by that is the consumer, you, the listener. You give your dollar bills. You you have the power. <laughs> Absolutely. You actually have the power. It might not feel like it. You, you might feel like you're in this whirlwind of, uh, you know, oh shit, you know, I, I, you know I'm, I'm a victim of all this marketing and whatever. But the reality is at the end of the day, uh, you are the one that can decide if their message uh, is heard or you like it or if it doesn't work at all. And I promise you, 
if you decide, if we all collectively decide that ain't the message we want to hear and you know you guys are full of shit, they're all going to have to change or go to go out of business. It reminds me of this interesting meme where it's I love this one of my favorite memes and it's a cliff and there's a plank. Half of it's hanging off the cliff and half of it's on the cliff. And on one side of the cliff on the uh, on the uh, on the actual ground part where it's not hanging off, there's like a group of people. On the other side of the cliff hanging off the cliff on the plank is a podium and a politician. And above it, it says, if we only knew our power. In other words, if we stay, step off that plank, that politician's falling off the cliff and well, That's a cool meme. Yeah. yeah. And that's, that's, that's really you know, the, the message I'm trying to convey here. That's a great meme. Where did you see that? Oh, I'm at lo- I've, uh, a while ago, and I've saved it. I'll, I'll post it on my Instagram. That is a great one. Um, Not better than your chicken yeah, one. Yeah, please, please post yeah. it. That's a good one. It's, uh, it, you know, that's the power that we hold. And so could I... You know, could we impact the industry by creating a brick and mortar facility that promotes these ideals? We could. It would take a long time. I mean, even if we fucking exploded, yeah. it would take us five to ten. And I'm talking about if we crushed, right? It would take us five to ten years before our our gyms or whatever were nationwide. You know, well, this is what phenoms, I was. But uh, but to communicate on a podcast or a, a video, shit, a YouTube video could go viral in two days. And it could change the consumer so that the consumer starts going into facilities. The consumer starts creating the, the kind of demand, what they, you know, what they want. The consumer starts changing their attitudes about food and exercise. And next thing you know, gyms are following. You know, Supplement companies have to change their marketing st- strategies. They have to change the products. Fitness celebrities on Instagram all of a sudden are, aren't saying, look at my six-pack or look at my nice ass and look at all my you know, perfectly portioned meals and here's my supplements. They're going to start saying things like, Oh, you know, I meditated yesterday and I, re- I realized that I have insecurities with food and I think you should love yourself and, you know, worry about your health. Like before you know it, that's going to start to follow and it'll happen almost overnight. And, that, um, and we is, see examples of this all the time. This is what I was reaching for when I kept asking all those questions is I wanted you to spit that out right there because I feel like what you built and where I think it was brilliant. And I think that there is a, there is, a, it could turn into a huge franchise. And also the problem was, was the cart before the horse type of deal was, yeah. This we needed to move the industry in that direction first before there was a huge need to where brick and mortars could pop up all over where there's these and that's not to say that someone couldn't make this, couldn't have a, you know, successful living doing it or anything like that. But right now you're against all the odds. I mean, because we're we're in an era right now where and I was just watching that uh the Rich Piana and uh Mac truck fight, right? And somebody did this whole breakdown and this this guy's like a professional YouTuber, if that's such a thing. Right, that's he's been YouTubing for ten plus years or whatever, and he did this whole breakdown. And one of the things he was talking about was, you know, this is kind of where YouTubing, and it's unfortunate to hear this, but it's the truth of where it's going. And you know, what was popular about two years ago was, you know, you build a good power of YouTube followers, you got a couple other people you know that have it, and then you create drama, very similar to the Tupac and mm. and Biggie Biggie you know, battle of East Coast and West Coast rap. And all that really does is drive both of our our revenue streams because it's going to segregate people. And there's mm-hmm. going to be people that go out and buy my CDs because fuck the West Coast and fuck the East Coast. I'm going to go buy Tupac's. Mm-hmm. And so Rich Piana and these guys start to do this to build up their YouTube powder, uh, power. And then now they've escalated to the next level where words weren't enough to let's now get beef going to where we actually get physical talk some shit, pull guns on each other, get in fights at expos to create. And the, sh- the shitty sad part is we uh, it's human nature. We just get sucked right into it yeah. and we're driving it. We're helping these people make more money. And it's like, we're over here trying to say, we're trying to move the industry in, in this direction. And there's moments where, you know, I just told you guys recently, I was reading our reviews. I hadn't had a chance to get on our iTunes reviews in a while. And I like literally was just going through them and I got all emotional because I was like, God, this is what, why we do this. Right. But then you turn around and you see that and it's like, fuck, man. And yeah. we're and they're getting like three times the views and listener listeners than uh it's just so fuck stupid. It well it's an it's an uphill battle and Which is fine. Which is fine. Look, it's an uphill battle, but uh I've never shied away from one. Of course not. Yeah, and yeah, yeah, and yeah. you know, here's the thing. I think we've been I think sometimes we preach to the wrong people. Like we preach to the uh, the, the industry yeah, controllers. We're preaching, yeah, we're preaching to the choir right yeah, now. Like, we're talking like, to our listeners. Yeah, right? we, we, our listeners are the one. Uh, the, the consumer can really change that. And it's really look. Here's the thing: if you look at modern uh, society, um, and we look at uh, you know the advertising we don't like. You just talked about you know the fighting and you know creating this drama, and now you get all these YouTube views. It's all about distraction. 
Mm-hmm. It's all about uh, not being present. It's the opposite of being present. Even your cell phone and the internet and Facebook and you know all these different things. Statistically speaking, by the way, they will show you that if you're in a stressful situation with your job or your relationship, the amount of time you spend on Facebook dr- jumps up dramatically. Mm. When people are really happy and content with shit, they usually use Facebook less. In fact, oh, I saw I saw a, a post or someone just did that recently. They said the the coolest shit I've I've done in my life is not on Instagram. You know, mm-hmm. like we're which is really the opposite mentality of how people post right now. Yeah. They make an effort to go around to try and make their Do the life most cool shit. In yeah, like a couple seconds. Right. It's like yeah. oh, I'm doing something cool. I've got to make sure I get this on Instagram so people or whatever Facebook yeah. so people see how cool I am, the cool things I do, and it's you like. Back that no, way. really, the coolest shit I do is doesn't even make Instagram because well, I'm is, I'm busy fucking yeah. doing it. You're in it. <laughs> That's an addiction, and, and they and they literally engineered that because they. It's just like your email's an addiction, your text message is an addiction, your phone's an addiction. Like all these things give you specific uh, feedback. Like they give you something that that will show you a reward. So it it shows up, it pops up, it's a little red number, mm-hmm. you know, and it's something that, oh my God, that, that triggers a response. And they, they took this from video games and the video games took it from drug dealers. And this is all something that is literally engineered to get you to like it's all, always think about it. It's all about distraction. It's all about not being in the, you know, here. It's not, it's about not being aware. You know, I have a, a, a an online client that I'm working with right now. I'm not going to say her name, uh, but shout out to her because um, she's doing some pretty amazing things with her uh, with her relationship to food. And she had some real bad issues before she started working with me. And as we started working together, um, we're starting to work through some of them. And the other, and she's been doing very very well. And the other day, she you know she's like, hey, you know, I I, I kind of went off and. You know, I started eating this, you know, I don't remember what it was. I think it was a rice cake or an apple. And then next thing you know, I ate another one. And next thing you know, I ate all this dried fruit. And then I ate this, you know, uh, you know, whatever. She just, she she went off and ate a bunch of food that she quote unquote wasn't supposed to. And what I mean by what wasn't supposed to is these are foods that don't necessarily make her feel good. Okay. And so she was really angry with herself. And she's like, okay, how do I make up for this? And this and that. And I told her, I said, listen. First of all, let's not think about because then she was trying to say to herself, like, well, why did I why did I crave it in the first place? Like, why did I end up eating it in the first place? I said, what you need to do is not ask yourself why you started eating it. What you need to ask yourself is why you continued yeah. eating it. Because it wasn't it wasn't like she ate one thing. It was a process that probably took 30 minutes to 40 minutes, mm-hmm. you know, maybe an hour, right? W- what state of mind are you in when you eat one thing? that you know doesn't really make you feel that good, but then you continue to go off of it. Mm-hmm. And really what it is, is it's just not being aware. It becomes... Right. Removing yourself from you, that. You're, you're mindless. And in fact, when I tell people to pay attention to what they're eating in the sense that once you do that, once you start eating in that way, stop, literally vocalize what's happening. Okay, I'm eating all these foods that don't make me feel good, I'm about to take another bite of this whatever, or I'm, I'm, I'm feeling stressed out and this food is making me feel better, people get pissed off when, when I tell them to do that because A, they think it's silly, but B, when I tell them to do it and they finally try it, Nobody likes to fucking do it because uh, you don't yeah, want to be shines a, a big old light on the you know the the entire thing that is wrong. You don't want to be aware. Yeah, yeah, you, you don't want to know. You you honestly don't want to be aware. Like I don't want to be thinking about what I'm doing right now. In fact, if you could think about all the bad shit or whatever, and I hate to use the word bad, but all the times you've done stuff like that, whether it was you know you know making a bad decision, uh, you know in school or doing drugs or having unprotected sex, like all these different things where you're like, fuck, what was I doing? Okay, next time I'll be like, I'm having unprotected sex. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> girls gonna be like, what? Exactly. Could you imagine if while you're doing that, you're like, what the fuck am I doing? Yeah. Why am I sleeping with this person? Like, what? You you don't you? In fact, you don't want to think about it. You, because then, then you'll know you'll stop. Well, this this takes a page out of uh, Dr. Andrew Hill. And like when we talk to him about how they help people that are battling with addiction is that they don't cut them from it or isolate them from it. They just say, hey, listen, the next time you go to do any of these things, you got to call us and let's mm-hmm. talk about your, your mental state at that moment. I'm not saying you don't get to go have a beer. I'm not saying that you don't get to go enjoy yourself, but let's talk about it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Let's give, give, give me a call. Let me hear 
you know, before you walk in the bar or after you walk in, whatever, around that time. And let's discuss where your mental state is, what drove you to go do that, how you felt after you did it, what led You're to, becoming aware. Yeah, yeah, just be aware of your, your own state of mind when you go into that scenario. That in itself is amazing. What Are you kidding oh, me? It empowers you because oh. then you can just... Dis- decide right then like what do i do when i get back in this kind of situation because i've stopped and i've realized this is you know the state i'm in it's it's incredible look as trainers have you guys ever done this with a client that's like kind of like you know spiraling out of control and you tell them okay look the next time you're gonna go binge why don't you text me first why don't you call me or text me and tell me what you're about to do one of two things always happens i've done this many many times either a they don't they don't text or call me because they want to remain uh, in that unaware state uh, because they know subconsciously or even consciously they know that if I become aware of this, then I'm going to have to feel it. So I'm just not going to feel shit. I'm just going to take my way, myself away from it. Or they actually do it. They actually text you or they call you. And when they text you and they call you, it's the, let me tell you something right now as a trainer, the easiest conversation I ever have with anybody, with any of my clients is when they call me and say, Sal, I'm at, you know. I feel like I'm about to go out of control and eat all this, uh, you know, whatever, or I'm going to eat this whole pizza or I'm going to eat this cake. I feel like I'm out of control. I haven't eaten it yet, but I'm looking at it. Easiest conversation in the world because they've already, the fact that they've called me Mm -hmm. has already done about 90% of the work. Right. The the other 10% is me just talking to them for a second and then they're like, okay, I don't really want that cake anymore. Yeah, let's you know calm what I'm saying? Down. Or I'll have a little piece and then they don't have any more. Yeah. So, you know, really the, 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 the big step is just making yourself aware of why you are trying to take yourself out of that moment. Why am I trying to escape? Mm-hmm. That's really what it goes down to. If you do that with food, because food can also connect people. We've talked yeah. about this before. You can also connect with food, but that's not the problem. I guarantee you nobody is massively overwhelmed. Well, they're probably replacing that bond. You know, They're putting way too much emphasis on that versus something else they could pour it into, another human being, You know, another thing in their life that's going to give them a lot of benefit and, and health and um, you know, charge them. And, and instead they're, they're taking this inanimate object or this process, you know, there's something that just feels like, you know, it gives them something and, and they're going to put all their effort there. So, you know, uh, binge eating or poor, uh, addiction to food type eating doesn't have to be binging, but just that, that, that category, which is a, a lot of people, most of the time when they're eating like that, it's a very lonely, solitary thing. Mm-hmm. Very rarely is it like we're all doing this, you know, I'm doing this with all these great people. Or whatever. A lot of the times it's like I'm doing this on my own. You do it behind the scenes. Even if they're among other people, even if they're at a party, you know, I'll talk to people like, oh, I was at a party and I just ate a fucking whole bowl of chips. Mm-hmm. And it's like, oh, oh yeah, what were you doing while you were doing that? And usually it's like, I'm over here eating these fucking chips. Or, you know what I'm saying? It's yeah. not like you're, you're sitting there being conscious of what you're doing. Yeah. The other sometimes problem is that they find somebody who also likes to escape with food. Oh, misery loves company. And then it becomes oh, yeah. this codependent. I do, that to Ju- I do that to Justin all the time. <laughs> <laughs> you take me down. I always do that. I always do uh, I always throw his name in there when we're out traveling somewhere. Like, yeah. Justin, you still want that ice cream, Justin right? wants said? donuts. He's He's learning. Learning. Yeah, yeah. And then you see him too because he goes like, did I say that? I'm like, what? Did I, he hear that? I know I was thinking that, that but was, I didn't say that out loud, yeah, did I? in my head. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, fucking Adam. <laughs> fucking ninja. <laughs> what a dick. Yeah. I think if you just became more aware of how you felt your state of mind, I think it would, uh, I know, actually I don't think I know for a fact, it would dramatically change your food, it would dramatically change your exercise, and then you would it would dramatically change the rest of your life and the relationships you have with people. Your workouts would look completely different. They'd be based on uh, things that are really serving you. Uh, you know, you gotta you, not things that are not serving. You make you. me, you make me want to create another guide to help people with this because I feel like uh, together we could all sit down. It's and, in the process, and I don't yeah. mean it's on in writing. It's just as we talk about it, we're developing. Yeah, because I, I don't even know how I'd put it on paper yet. I, but I'm sure if all three of us sat down and started sharing like some of the techniques that we've done with clients to help them become more aware of this. We could probably come together with some some pretty good tips and and things to start because it's not as simple as like you just like you would deal with a, a, any other addiction, right? If oh, you, it's hard. It's not like you can walk up to an alcoholic or a cocaine addict and say, "Hey, put that down, and yeah. tomorrow you'll be done with it." Or, "Hey, by the way, you're be aware that this is a problem and an issue, and then tomorrow you're fine." Like, there's definitely a process to this, and I think. Uh, the worse the addiction is, the longer this process can be. And, you know, maybe the beginning for people is just learning how to like, just catch yourself, 
you know, when you're at this moment where you're about to indulge or you, even if you already did indulge is like, Oh, uh, good. I'm glad you're going here. Yeah. Mm. It it is to, is to go like stop and reflect for a moment and go and back up. And don't judge yourself. Yeah, exactly. Don't be like, Oh my God, I'm going to be fat because of that. Or, Oh, I'm so, you know, like go, okay, what, what got me here? You know, Mm -hmm. how did I, how did I get here and, and start taking steps backwards just starting in that day, you know, like, what was I doing two hours ago? Where was my mindset? How did I wake up this morning? What was my mentality when I started my day? Who did I come into yeah. contact? How that, much movement have I been doing? Yeah what, have, yeah, what have I done as far as exercise? What have I done for myself today? What have I done today to, that was recuperative or beneficial to myself? And, you know, did I tell myself or did I show uh, myself that I love myself today? And like starting to like think about all that, um, and go back. And then you can, you can, you'll start to connect the dots yourself. So it's not a, you know, you eat this ginormous cake by yourself and then you feel depressed because you're going to be fat. That's the wrong connection. Like, don't make that connection, go back and, and reassess the day and what led, led to that situation and see if you can start putting And cause everyone's going to be different, at least in my experience with training clients, you know, some people tend to do that when, you know, stress levels are high work is work is high, you know, husband or wife, they're, they're fighting or, you know, the kid, they're screaming at the kids to get ready for school, whatever, like increased levels of stress causes them to go over and want to bury their face into a a bag of chips or candy or whatever it is, their vices. And that's what causes other people. It's other things, you know, it could be something that they're, uh, they're dealing with emotionally, you know, that they got going on uh, at that time, or they're nervous because they have something coming up that's due this week. And so they find themselves binging and doing that. So just figuring out what it is that makes you, that makes you do these things. And, and I, I think this is a process that shit, we, I've been doing this for a very long time and I still am doing this with myself because, you know, I haven't completely, I haven't like, uh, figured the exact formula out to, what causes Adam to to do this and what causes Adam to do that. But that the first step is just being aware of it and then trying to connect it and figure it out and not uh, beating yourself. You up know, you know, it. what's funny is that uh, you, so we, it's taken us a long time to get here. However, I will say this, we were not exposed to this message ever until mm-hmm. rather recently. I mean, could you imagine Adam had one of your mentors when you started in fitness been, someone like you or me or Justin now, right? Mm-hmm. And talk to you and taught you these types of things and you would have gotten there a lot sooner. That message was never being shared yeah. in fitness. And we what we did is we dived into the fitness industry. Well, even... It, it, and, the, well, and the message was was all about yeah. cosmetic. It was yeah. all about discipline. It was all about grind. Yeah. I was exposed. And I'll, I look, I'm further along in this process than both of you, not because I'm somehow better or superior or, or I move faster. Not at all. I was exposed to this message years before you guys were. I was exposed to this message when I had my, my facility because luckily, and this is 100% why I think I had that facility to begin with, was to become exposed to this through people who got it. You know, I had a physical therapist in there and a massage therapist in there that I worked with very closely who understood this at this level that I learn from just because and, and hard-headedly by the way i wasn't going in there trying to learn from them because i was still buffer and stronger than they would so it wasn't like i was like oh i'm gonna listen to those guys you know mm-hmm. it was just because i was around them and because i'm an observational person and i could see the bent i could see what was happening i was like Whoa. well i think when you say something like that you have to be careful too though because um and you and you do this every once in a while so i'm gonna call you out on it right now is uh, you compare your journey to my journey, Justin's journey, and others' journey, and everybody's journey is different. Like, totally. not, not everybody wants very, very fair. Not fair. Every, not everybody wants to be where you're at. Like, I don't think I ever see myself eating avocado and sardines. Not because I don't think it's healthy. Not don't. Not because I won't try it either. I just don't know if that's something that I, I plan to do on a regular basis or even want to do. And that doesn't take anything away from anybody who who doesn't want to either. Because that's the, the the beautiful part is that. This is everybody's journey. This is everybody's body. And you can do what you want with it. You can completely poison it to death and, and die early if you fucking want to. That's to each their own. But and that's the th- awareness is is the, the ultimate key. Is and that's where I where I why I'm calling you out is because I think you're wrong, because I think I've been very aware for a very long time. I think that people I think a lot of people misinterpret my message because I because I've chosen it. I, I don't I don't think so. And I'm not saying that at all. That's that's completely uh I I think you took from what I said. And uh, and and created that. That's not what I'm saying at all. 
uh, everybody's message is very, uh, excuse me, everybody's uh, path is going to be very different. And it has nothing to do with sardines and avocado. Oh, it has I was, everything I was, to do. I was relating to you saying that you're further along. That's, uh, what, I, that's what I was coming. Uh, I'll that's tell you, I am, and I'll tell you why. Because my the way I, I understand it with myself, it doesn't mean you're going to eat avocados and, and sardines. And look, it's not a comparison thing. If this is a message I was exposed to uh, before anybody else. I would, and not, not anybody else, but before you guys were, I was exposed to this side of the fitness industry beforehand because through, uh, through luck, through the fact that I had this facility at that time, you know, still working in a gym like 24 fitness, still working in that environment. Where would you get that message? It is not, it wasn't a common message. It still isn't a common message today. It's a difficult one to find. Tell me where else somebody will hear, you know, this kind of talk. I mean, Four or five years ago, the only place you would hear this would be like, well, there's, check. There's people, yeah, there's people giving it. And this is the reason why I'm saying that, because my biggest fear is that I, what, I, what I never want to be is to, is to become um, religious about it. Or I don't ever want to uh, become what I, the people that are giving that message, that's the, the issue I have with them is that they become very cult-like and mm. they become very much so where they become a camp. And that, that's, well, that's, to me, see, but that's, that's not the message. That's opposite. That is, that is again, that is taking something. No, but I'm just saying, and it's ego. I'm just saying, I'm just saying you, you, you made a statement mm-hmm. and, and you've made the statement before. And I wanted to make sure that I, I checked you on it because you, you can do this sometimes where you feel like you've progressed further in your journey because you're at a certain place in your journey. Like your journey is taking you where it's taking you because that's the way you want to go and the way you've decided to go. And, I may never go that way, and Justin may never go that way, and some of our listeners may never go. Now, some may go, this is what I've been looking for, and this is the journey I want to take. Now, what I, what I tell people to take you know, caution of is you know, when you start taking a journey like this, and it does these great things for you, and it opens your eyes, and it changes your body and your inflammation and your connection with yourself and food, and it does these wonderful things, then what happens is that empowers people, and they feel like, oh, my God, now I have the answer and I'm going to share with people the answer. And it's like, well, that was the answer for you. And I, and I, you know, to compare you with anybody else is the thing that I always say we have to be careful of is that, you know, some people will, and that's the reason why we still have people who will, are diehard mind pump fans and they still are going to go take their fucking pre-workout. You know, we're, you're not going to, it's, and, that, and, they, and, and it's not because they're, they're not aware. It's not because they are not educated on it. They listen to fucking mind pump every day. They know. They're choosing to go that path, and that that's okay. Our job isn't, our job is not to to tell people that they're not there yet or they're not far enough along on their journey. Our job is to share and give good information, and how you disseminate that and what you do with that on your journey. That's up to you, dude. Of course, it is. Nobody's saying anything different. I, I think uh, the only examples I can give are my own personal examples. And I think that's why I say those different things, but. Whatever, however you take this journey when it comes to fitness and health is 100% uh, going to be at your speed. It can take uh, forever. It could take a very short period of time. It can be very bumpy along the way. That's not the, the important thing is that you are trying to get there. You're trying to understand these things because through fitness, through uh, you know these kind of relationships with uh, exercise, with nutrition, it makes the process no longer a process. It becomes how you are. It becomes how you live, whatever that means. That may mean you lift weights three days a week. That may mean you like to go for walks you know, uh, on your own on the beach. It may mean you meditate a lot and do yoga. Um, but at the end of the day, it's the motivation behind it is will take you the best place that you're going to go. That's, that's all I'm trying to say yeah. is wherever you're going to end up going, if the motivation behind it is from that kind of a good place, then it's going to be a lot better um, than if it came from a different place. I definitely think it's it's very important that we provide examples, and and I think that you know there's many many different pathways people can choose to take, you know, internally, and the the point is for them to figure that out, and but they still need direction, and so that the point of the show really, to me, and I know like I, I can understand where Adam's coming from with that too, and it, it's. It's about figuring this out together and providing multiple pathways for people to understand at a deeper level. And so the awareness piece, obviously, number one. Everything is awareness. You know, but yeah, like, no, it's it's really important, Sal, that you provide 
an example like that because people can see how it literally has affected you. Yeah, I, I think the problem is when you start to just strongly identify it and with right. it. And I, I get that. Yes. I get yeah, I get your fear. Um, and uh, that's well, it's not. No, it's not. That's, a, it's not a fear either. It's not a, your fear for yeah, you. Yeah, it's. it's I understand of, of others. I get it. Yeah. I get it. <laughs> Here we go again. Man, I was trying to create peace. You fucks. No, no, no. It's well, not, no. So this is. It's, I, it's the. It's. I understand. It's the whole the identifying with it. It's the ego side of it, and uh, anything, any, any positive message can become a negative one through ego and identify, identifying with it. You, you see this with. I mean, you see this with religion. You, well, that's got why, a very positive message, exactly, but it could be identified with, yep. and it could be turned into something yep. you know wrong. You use religion as an example. There's going to be some people that are going to take that and make it some you know something negative. That's not at all the message that well, and uh, we're trying to convey. And that's why I think that's the, what creates the beautiful dynamic is that, and I think I'm always extra careful of that because I grew up with that. I grew up with seeing the darker side of, of religion when it comes to things like that, and. My biggest fear is I never, I never want to portray that message to people. I want to share good information. I love that we share our journey. I love that we give information. I never want people to think that I think I'm uh, superior to them because I'm further along in my personal journey. Because what does that even mean? You know, what does it mean that I'm further along? How, how can I even gauge that or measure that? Because all of our journeys are so individual and so unique. So. Anytime I hear words like that, I'm always going to say something because that's the path that leads to, you know, this uh, uh, self-righteous mindset that I never want us to ever, ever mm. portray or come across is that we're not here to to make it look like we are uh, superior to anybody. We are just like everybody else. We've been through a shit ton when it comes to the industry. We have found all kinds of good. We've found all kinds of bad. We have all kinds of stuff to share with people. But, uh, you know, I don't, I don't ever want to think that uh, just because someone never gets to the point where they evolve to eating a certain way that the, they're less of a person or that they uh, they didn't make it, you know, like they didn't make it to, they just didn't choose to do that. No, you know? I think, I, if anything, especially if you've been listening for a long time, uh, what, you'll, what you're hearing is our story. You're hearing our process. Mm -hmm. This is not, uh, it's happening literally now as we're talking about it. This mm -hmm. is not something that has happened a long time ago and we're, we're we're and, and you can follow our our shows and they follow that pattern mm -hmm. of our own. Hey, this is what I'm seeing with myself. Hey, this is what I'm seeing with my clients. Mm -hmm. Hey, this is this is happening right now as we speak. And there's pluses and minuses to that. But I think one of the big pluses is when you're going through it and you're talking about it, you're the most passionate. Yeah. About it. Yeah. Because you're literally experiencing it at that moment. Yeah. So. Hey, listen. If you like Mind Pump, leave us a five star rating review on iTunes. If we like your review and we pick it, you're gonna get a free T-shirt. You can also find us on Instagram at Mind Pump Radio. You can find me at Mind Pump Sal, Adam at Mind Pump Adam, and Justin is at Mind Pump Justin. Thank you for listening to Mind Pump. If your goal is to build and shape your body, dramatically improve your health and energy, and maximize your overall performance, check out our discounted RGB Super Bundle at MindPumpMedia.com. The RGB Super Bundle includes MAPS Anabolic, MAPS Performance, and MAPS Aesthetic. Nine months of phased expert exercise programming designed by Sal, Adam, and Justin to systematically transform the way your body looks, feels, and performs. With detailed workout blueprints and over 200 videos, the RGB Super Bundle is like having Sal, Adam, and Justin as your own personal trainers, but at a fraction of the price. The RGB Super Bundle has a full 30-day money-back guarantee, and you can get it now plus other valuable free resources at mindpumpmedia.com. If you enjoy this show, please share the love by leaving us a five-star rating and review on iTunes and by introducing Mind Pump to your friends and family. We thank you for your support, and until next time, this is Mind Pump.